welcome to another episode of Ruby Redux here on Rooster Team Radio. Tonight, we are going to be talking about Volume 8, Episode 2, Refuge. Now, let's not waste any time. There's a lot to dig into, so let me go ahead and introduce my fantastic panel. Uh, joining me tonight is the fantastic Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Calling in from Los Angeles is the lovely Stacey Shuttleworth. Hello, hello. And calling in from all the way across the country is Mark B. Donica, the internet's Mark B. Donica. That. Guten Abend. Hola. Hey, hey. Bonjour. Hello to all of our international uh, listeners. Uh, uh, we really appreciate everybody that, that's tuning in, especially since Ruby it seems to be the show that everybody's vibing with anytime we do talk about it. We, know, we can see that we have people from all over the world listening, and we humbly, humbly appreciate you listening. Thank you so much, and make sure to reach out because we'd love to hear from you. Estoy de acuerdo. Bienvenidos a la casa de la Rooster Team. And I apologize for how terrible my accent was there. My Spanish needs a lot of work. But anyway, I'm Megan Salinas. And now, if you would uh, be so kind, everyone, step into our humble abode, the Rooster Team mansion that doesn't adhere to like any logical sense of, of geometry. It is extremely quantum, and that's fine. But yes, step into our humble abode and let's talk about this episode. So guys. That rhymed. <laughs> Did it? Oh. Yeah. oh I'm yeah. a poet and I don't even know it. All right. Let's talk about this episode. Guys, what did we think? This is the second episode of Volume 8. And uh, I think it's fair to say that the tone between Episode 1 and Episode 2 has been fairly consistent. Uh, how are we feeling about this episode? Let's go ahead and start with Mark. Definitely agree. Like we talked about last time, it didn't really set the best precedent when it came to... like. So it's so dire. Like we got something cool to look at and theorize and talk about as a community and as fans, but like, I I got a little bit of Nora positivity and like classic Nora, but there was so much else going on when it came to every everybody just seems so distracted and so in their own world that it it's hard to see them. It's it it will be hard to think that they can come together and make some legitimate change. And, and it was a, it was a good episode. There's a lot of good, I say good. It was a great episode. And uh, the, the happenings were very interesting, but man, I can't wait for everybody to be happy again. <laughs> yeah. This episode for me was definitely a reminder that people will always be people for better or worse. Uh, how about you, Stacy? What did you think of this episode? I definitely thought it was a super solid episode too. Um, I feel like we really zeroed in in the first episode on like our core group of characters. And this episode really widened the net and showed that this is how it is across the board right now. This is the mood we're in. This is what we are dealing with. Uh, and seeing it resonate to all of the different corners, to all of the characters that we've been previously introduced to and are going to you know follow along with this this volume was sobering (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a fair i think that's fair (laughs) absolutely uh katie how about you i enjoyed this one more than the previous episode not gonna lie and there was nothing wrong with the previous episode i just really really liked this one 
I thought it was extremely well constructed, especially in terms of shot composition and slow reveals. And honestly, I need a repeating gif of Watts getting pistol whipped. Because I was yes. full on football chant, hit him again, hit him again, harder, more, harder. More. <laughs> like, get him, get him. Yeah, pretty much. So that that we got a couple of really solid jokes in here, which I can appreciate, and I also appreciate that it's a couple of good laughs that doesn't come at the expense of the tone or of the characters. I can appreciate where it's like, oh yeah, the audience needs a moment to just sit there and cackle maniacally as a bit of a pressure release before we put that pressure right back on again. Because we have the beautiful physical comedy of travel by tube right before we have the abduction of the child. So, you know, balance things out a little bit. You know, I got so caught up with thinking about how we needed to record a podcast that I completely, like, it completely slipped my mind that we should be passing out, like, missing posters. We need to find our son. <laughs> this cannot stand. It's a group effort. We know effort. where he is. The problem is we know who's got him. Get him back. <laughs> Please. No. I okay. want to see the baby. I would like to see the child. <laughs> just just witnessing that, just witnessing a grim grow vocal cords for the express purpose of being sassy is just like, all right, this one was definitely handmade by Salem. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to say anything, but took that moment to actually stand there, make the effort to grow vocal cords just to be like, nah, bitch. I would have also accepted a middle finger. <laughs> yes, right. since it also grew fingers. <laughs> it was ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The sassiest possible response. There, there's definitely something to be uh, admired about um, a grim that can just that just has customizable features. It's really, really cool. But let's go ahead and put a pin in that for a minute, uh, because Katie, you touched on. Uh, a scene with some really good pacing and some really good reveals. And uh, of course, the the best two, three seconds of, of animation of just Watts getting hit in the face <laughs> with a gun, which is fantastic. But yeah, let's, let's talk about this uh, jail scene for a moment because we have uh, Crow, Robin, Jacques, and Watts all stuck together in individual jail cells. And the the construction of the scene is really, really interesting um, because it starts with a shot on Clover's uh, emblem that that Crow happens to have. Bloodstained. Oh, it's <laughs> absolutely brutal and upsetting. That's how the episode opens. And then slowly but surely, we're, you know, we're zoomed in on this image, but then slowly but surely as the scene progresses, we're taken further and further out into the rest of the room and we're given small bits of information the further we go out. And, um, you know, the, basically it's all these characters together. Uh, and, uh, there's, there's some blame being thrown around, uh, some blame that rightfully is being thrown around at a couple characters who rightfully deserve to be blamed for all of this. But what did we think of this jail scene? Uh, Stacy, let's start with you. 
I want to go back to the framing for a second because the framing of this scene was really incredible how it unfolded and how they drew back um that kind of moment where you think robin is yelling at crow <laughs> before you realize that it, there are more people in this jail cell uh and what what an odd group of characters to throw together to have to interact and be like well we're stuck in this together Dude, I would have watched an entire bottle episode of just the four of them <laughs> dealing oh, with their issues. There's a part of the Ruby multiverse where these four are a team. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, look, I would watch that bottle episode only if Watts gets pistol whipped like every third minute or so. On the regular. Just coming. Here, it's time. Here. All right, bye. They have a button they can press when he just, you know, talks. And... <laughs> If they, if they made that episode, it would be the first episode of Ruby to win an Emmy. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is we should, it's very simple. Can somebody just make a fan cam in the fan cam style, but it's just the pistol whip? <laughs> just over and over again with like different zooms and, and wipes and things. And and Please. randomly we'll cut to the a couple different um, bits of Tyrion slapping Joffrey. But uh, then we'll cut back <laughs> to what's getting pissed off. This is a palate cleanser. Just, just, just for variety's sake. Mix it up. Right. <laughs> did my hand fall off? <laughs> no. Mark, how about you? What did you think of uh, this sequence? I thought this was fairly straightforward. I am very surprised that nobody was dirty, especially Jacques. Like, I understand maintaining models and things like that, but I thought... I. I they're all in the same sort of space. And I know that Jacques thinks that he might get some special treatment and that, you know, he is the king of scenes that I don't want to see you talk just any, like I see him and I'm like, okay, let's fast forward. Cause none of this is going to be good. Um, just because I don't like the character that much. But with this, with this scene, it was, it was interesting to see that space doesn't necessarily mean isolation it can but um i i like how robin was right up against the wall much like her character and something that the the happy huntresses conveyed in later of that complete confidence and she knows who she is she know we know who she is and she is standing up for what's right literally uh crow is isolated there might be people around him, but he is stuck so much in his own head. I don't think Crow knew that he was in the scene, 100%. I think he was just staring at the bobble and letting his mind wander. Um, Watts was waiting, and Jacques doesn't know that he's isolated. I think there's going to be a time when Jacques's going to be left alone in that prison cell and is actually going to have to start thinking about what he's done and nobody's going to care all of his power is going to be gone etc etc yada 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 i think that keeping them separate but together showed a lot about their characters and what even though they were all interacting with each other we got to see where their head is at just by how the scene was blocked if that makes any sense the way you talk about Jacques, I can just hear you sharpening that knife. <laughs> oh, it's been sharpened since Saturday. Like, damn, dude. <laughs> damn. Uh, 
Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things he says is, I'm sure Whitley's already contacted my attorney. I'll be out of here. Yeah, I'm sure mom has a lot to say about that. I'm sure there's a house party in the study <laughs> that Whitley is DJing. Yeah, buddy, they really miss you. Really and truly. My, uh, the... It's interesting because we didn't necessarily touch on it last week when we were talking about the new opening, but, you know, Whitley and Mama Schnee are both in the opening, uh, and right after they appear in the opening, the Weiss family, you know, the the Schnee family, I almost called it the Weiss family, I'm like, that's almost accurate, the Schnee (laughs) Schnee family (laughs) crest falls to the ground and shatters and so it's just like okay um i figured we were going to get more development from uh, weiss's mom and her brother but like i didn't necessarily think that we were going to see the family disintegrate and, you know what that that emblem smashing means is metaphorical and up for debate but you know this might be the first like real hint this season that like oh yeah no we're going to see he's in jail now we're going to see the the schnee empire crumble yeah i'm definitely thinking that that is a shift in power because all of the jokes about is there any building in atlas your family doesn't own like i i was right about Weiss using family connections to advise her. Wow, this whole sentence just got away from me. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Too busy thinking about Watts getting pistol whipped. Uh, A reasonable distraction. Hit yes. Him again. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised to see the entire Schnee power structure just completely fall apart, along with the military industrial complex that we seem to have going on here because. Ironwood certainly doesn't have the hold on things that he would like to. Jacques certainly doesn't have the hold on things that he thinks he does. And, uh, you know, there's more than one fall theme going through here, both uh, metaphorically and quite literally. So, yeah, shit's going to be real bad. Well, we touched on uh, what we think is going to become of Watts. Uh, we we touched on that quite a bit last week when we talked about how it's most likely that Ironwood is going to try to use him in some capacity. I, I think that's, you know, a fair assessment given what happens in this episode. But looking at where Crow is at and how he... He doesn't seem to be as, like, lost in despair as I thought he would be. And I think that's because he is solely focused on revenge at the moment. And so looking at where Crow's headspace is at uh, in this sequence, what does the rest of the season have in store for him? Uh, let's go ahead and start with uh, Mark. What do you what do you think? What do you think uh, is Crow's path this season? I think he has to rediscover who he is. He fell so deeply into a new space. Or well, he he fell he fell so hard like off of the deep end. He stopped drinking, he opened himself up to other people and that was denied by the world essentially. And I think I think both him and Ironwood are have taken a an about face to what their original uh, 
character course was going to be. I think Oscar or Oz or both, what however that amalgam ends up by the end of the series, the the season. I think, or no, maybe maybe the girls, but I I think Crow is going to be dead set, but he's gonna he's gonna have a change of heart and and sort of rediscover because like i don't think the the path he was on validates that you know he he experienced severe trauma i i don't think that he's going to carry out what he intends to i'm gonna come down on the complete opposite side of that i'm gonna say that if ironwood or when ironwood inevitably goes down if Crow's not the one pulling the trigger, he's going to have a big part of it. That's not to say this is a good thing or a good decision, because it really isn't. Not only is Crow in the bad decision conga line, he is leading that little train. But yeah, I would not be surprised to see things get so much worse for Crow before they get better. Because that is his entire life. This is why we can't have nice things. Crow is not allowed to have nice things. I've been saying that for seasons. Stacy, what about you? Uh, I think it very heavily depends on how patient Robin decides to be with him. <laughs> because right now they're stuck together. And right now she is probably the only voice of reason that he is going to have for quite some time, and probably one of the few voices that might actually be able to get through to him. And I think they're going to have a long, drawn-out struggle because Crow will be looking to act on his darkest revenge impulses right now. Uh, Like Mark was saying, he really opened up and took a very large step into something that would be very scary for him. And to have it thrown completely back in your face like that, even if Robin stands there and is like, no, we'll get through this. We'll find the right way forward. He's not going to be fast to trust that. So. Well, go ahead. No, go, go. Well, and on his end, it is, we're, we're moving through the spectrum of grief. We've passed through denial. Now we're in anger. <laughs> But also on his part, it is so, so much easier to blame somebody else instead of yourself. This is not a result of my decision. This is Ironwood's fault. Nah, buddy, you made some choices. Like, they were understandable choices at the time, given the context, but they were still choices. And that's going to be an extremely difficult thing for him to deal with. And unless someone punts him into that area where he needs to deal with it, don't think he will. Think he's going to stay on that, hey, it's Ironwood's fault, let's exact vengeance on him train. Because this is a healthy coping mechanism. Crow is good at those. He's all about healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing that... um, that I I took away from Ruby, you know, last year um, when we were introduced to the Aesops and everything like that. Like, you know, stories are often meant to convey a lesson. And if Crow is choosing to take the path of revenge, the fairly consistent uh, refrain uh, thematically that I usually get from most revenge narratives is, 
it's not worth it. <laughs> it won't bring you the catharsis and happiness that you're looking for. And very often the person who seeks revenge usually usually digs two graves. Um, and so I'm I'm thinking that since this seems to be the path he is embarking on here at the start of the season, I feel like ultimately, either this season or next season, it's going to culminate in a moment where he can choose whether or not to exact his revenge on Ironwood. And that choice is basically going to seal his fate for the rest of the season. I could definitely see a scenario where he chooses, where he makes the realization that revenge isn't right or that he needs to accept his share of the blame in Mm -hmm. what happened to Clover. And then James uses that opportunity to shoot him him down a hole. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's what I was going to say was like, he, he makes the, he makes the correct decision to maintain his humanity, but that's where the bad luck comes in and James's metal, depending on where they are in saving Atlas and saving the world, um, at James will take that advantage and and shoot. Because like because we know that he is recklessly killing people that are even supposed supposedly on his team. We have no idea the lengths to which he will go to quote protect everyone. I I would like to think that Crow sparing him would then show James the error of his ways and then he'd sacrifice himself and semi redeem himself. But I don't think I don't see that. (laughs) He shot Oscar last season and essentially knocked him off of a cliff. All bets are off. Yeah, Yeah, you don't get redeemed when you shoot the baby. That's not (laughs) redemption is no longer an option. Oh, no, that's what's going to happen. Crow is going to be like, no, it's like I should never have taken revenge. Like I, I shouldn't have tried to get revenge on you. I'm sorry. And then somebody's going to mention that he shot Oscar down a hole. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait, you shot the baby? <laughs> I might have punched the baby, but I didn't shoot the baby. That's different. So yeah, everything's terrible all the time. Hashtag just crow things. <laughs> ah. All right. Well, I think that sort of puts a, a little, I think that basically wraps up for this scene. Is there anything else regarding any of these characters that we want to touch on before we move on? Can we watch Watts get pistol whipped again? <laughs> Please. <Yes. laughs> Absolutely. That little bit of violent serotonin that we all need in the year of our Lord Hey, when it's deserved. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, watching assholes get theirs has been rare these past, uh, I'd say, four-ish years. So even getting it in a fictional bent is just like, ah, yes, that. <laughs> it soothes my heart. Yes. <laughs> Skin cleared, crops watered, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Knees weak, palms sweaty, you know. <laughs> mom spaghetti. Aw, I exactly. love mom spaghetti. Thank you, Dan Avidan. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go ahead and move on over uh, to one of our teams. Let's go ahead and start with team. Uh, did we give Yang's team a name? I know some people have been calling them Team Yellow, but I don't. I don't recall because that, if- because that goes that takes some of their first names and rearranges it, and like that's okay. Their first and last names, like, oh, come on, come on, come on. I 
mean, they've always kind of been a mix of first and last names, haven't they? No. I mean, yeah, the, I the, the Ruby and Juniper are all uh, first names. Yeah, you work uh, with true. You work with what you've got. But yeah. yeah. So, uh team team yellow. Okay. Yeah. They're they're working on hanging out with the happy huntresses, which BTW, uh when Joanna made that like mic drop on the news, one she did it without actually dropping the mic, which is impressive. Uh <laughs> I think very that much audio producer somewhere is going, "Oh, oh, oh, thank God." <laughs> um but it gets everybody heading uh, heading in, in the rest of the city. It gets them heading towards the crater. And so the kids are on uh, basically helping out with evac duty. And uh, they go and they pick up some upgrades, uh, <laughs> which include the bike and these cool little nifty shield doodads. That's, that's really neat. <laughs> well, Look. Jean okay. has a full Orisa shield at this point, and I am here for it. That was amazing. Sure was. <laughs> it was just really cute with how excited Yang was for the bikes and how how Jean very much under his breath after using the shield was like, oh my gosh, that's so much better than the bikes. <laughs> Boy knows his strengths. <laughs> <laughs> And his strength is evidently shield tank. Was that the first time we've seen him use the magnet on his shield? I think so. Yes. It was very cool. Because we know that we know that he had it, but we yes. just hadn't seen him use it. Yeah. Ah, good for him. We'd love to see it. <laughs> Actually, oh man, I wish I could remember the tweet off the top of my head. But uh somebody made a really good tweet about um like, oh man, they they tweeted out a picture of uh, Jean's shield in this episode, a picture of no, uh, uh, Pira's shield from earlier seasons, and a picture of Oscar. And the tweet was, man, I love Ruby's shield designs. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I remember getting a little snippy because that person was tweeting out spoilers before the public release happened. Oh, hey, don't do that. Don't do that? Hey, don't do that. Ooh. Don't do that. It was really uh, funny. Don't do that. Yeah. Please don't be that person. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So we get these cool little nifty upgrades, which super helpful. Uh, and I, I feel like, again, Yang very much appreciated that. And that says a lot about where both she and Jean are both at. <laughs> um, but we we run into a bit of uh, some issues when trying to uh, get people moving from point A to point B because we're still dealing with some straggler grim and in a in a very sadly real <laughs> very real moment we have uh somebody who was like wait no we were supposed to be going to Atlas why do we have to go and hang out with the faunus in the slums it's just like okay you don't you are the worst and sometimes helping people can be really really hard because when they don't want to get help. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Or it's like, this well, isn't the help I had in mind. I call her the Alpha Karen. <laughs> the exact <laughs> phrasing that she used was shack up with those animals. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, mm -hmm. in the credits, she's listed racist. as disgruntled grandma. Racist. But let's be real, she's racist grandma. Yeah. That's uh, like it pretty is. fucked up, guys. Gotta update the OS on grandma there. 
she's missed some patches. Oh God! For the past Stacey, like sixty no or seventy <laughs> years. Yeah. <sighs> I th- I thought this was supposed to be an escapism show. <laughs> no. No, nah, we've had the racism, not necessarily subplot, plot, since uh, season one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's also it's also just frustrating because we're living in a world where people like refuse to wear masks and stuff like that. And you're sitting here going like, I'm trying to help you and you are making it as difficult <laughs> as possible. So we don't normally put PSAs in the middle of our, our podcast episodes, but hey, we usually save that for the end. <laughs> but hey, don't be a disgruntled grandma. Just I feel like that goes without saying. There's a beautiful little TikTok song called Shut the Fuck Up and Put on Your Mask. It's about a minute of your time and it's well worth watching. Also follow that advice. Uh, but while we're helping get people from point A to point B, uh, we we are starting to see uh, some tension within the team a little bit. Um, Ren has that moment where he snaps at Jean a little bit, and that wasn't really a big deal, but, um, you know, he's got his hands full at the moment. It's a completely understandable moment. Um, But there's also a moment where they're at headquarters, and Fiona, who is doing a bang-up job, BTW, running the show, and absolutely being adorable at it (laughs) as well, but there's a moment where she says very offhandedly, I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to do it without the rest of your teammates. And Yang took that very personally. And so I'm wondering if uh, a good portion of the struggle for this volume is going to be these characters who, with the exception of Oscar and Jean, tend to see the glasses half empty as opposed to half full, whether or not it's going to be difficult for them to ultimately come together as as the situation escalates. Uh, what do we think about where Ren and Yang are at? Let's go ahead and start with Stacy. Ren needs to talk about his feelings. <laughs> Someone needs to sit that boy down. We are headed to a big problem. <laughs> We don't have the time. Uh, oh, we don't. But boy, Ren is, uh, we're just like teetering on the edge right here of just like a complete free fall into, who even knows? Problems. <laughs> I just, problems. I. He's been through so much and been going through so much and been pushed to the limits of his comfort zone a few times and everything last season with Nora kind of getting close and then a huge like catastrophe happening on his watch it's like we can physically feel the rift between them getting wider and wider hey you stop that it's it's (laughs) just this backslide and it's just gaining traction at this point. And him, you know, even just snapping at Jean, storming off when Fiona suggests that, you know, they don't have their whole team together and they might not perform as well. It's all building up. And I am very, very worried for Ren. Mark, how about you? You sounded like you had some feelings there. (laughs) (laughs) Much like Ren, I have a lot of feelings. But unlike Ren, I'm going to talk about them. Um, 
one. So I had I had an I had a thought of as far as we can understand Ren's semblance is he can project calm but it takes a lot of focus um and we've learned previously that certain semblances can grow and evolve and change and so what i'm wondering is if that's not the emotion ren can project and if he has a freakout moment like a katara i'm completely calm moment uh will he amplify the negative emotions and essentially be a beacon for grim as opposed to a quiet spot that that I don't like that thought per se, <laughs> but I, I wonder I wonder if that's a play like at the very least we know that he can drop it or like that it can get dropped if he doesn't focus. But I wonder how far and what direction we're gonna go. Um, without going too far into uh, Team Rainbow and Co. I if you notice like you you mentioned that there's a bigger rift going on the way that they blocked the scenes and the camera work for those two scenes when um when fiona mentions blah 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 your teammates ren goes to the right when i think it's may mentions uh may marigold mentions uh blah 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 your teammates nora leaves the frame to the left so like unconsciously they're showing you that they are walking away from each other similarly to what we see similarly to what we are seeing in the intro i i've said it before i'll say it again but i'll i'll begin by saying hi eddie but i'll also say (laughs) i love i love the camera work and the costume work and the framing that i don't know if every fan sees or realizes and it's it's one of my favorite things to talk about on on this show and and everything that we do talk about whether it's red versus blue which if you didn't know we do rvb recall every thursday or no every friday morning it gets released on on rooster team radio but i i love the camera work i love the framing i love the spacing i love all of the stuff all of the story that we're getting with excuse me without them actually saying anything and it just makes me very sad. <laughs> Kruby is very, very good at finding very minute, detailed ways to just destroy our feelings. Like, they're incredibly talented at this. And Mark, I know we don't want to see it happen, but I want to see it happen. I think it's... <laughs> like- it- it's it's a, like most of this. They're setting us up for an expectation, and the payoff is going to be something devastating in one way, shape, or form. Oh yeah, like the emotion apocalypse would be really bad, but I want it in a terrible, terrible way. I just really want to see that happen. <laughs> it's just that that Willy Wonka gif, like oh, the suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Are you going to let me talk? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I just, I wanted to make a comment um, based on what Mark was saying, that the way Ruby has grown as a cinematic experience over the years is really astounding. And I mean that with like filmmaking techniques, like um, it's always had cool action sequences, but as technically they've they've grown and developed and things like that and been able to use more resources and 
you know, use different animation software and everything like that. Like as a cinematic experience, it has definitely become elevated over the years. So sorry, Katie, I didn't mean to step. Oh, on no, toes. that's fine. That you're right. It's night and day almost to the point where I've seen some people asking. So you know how they redid red versus blue with upgraded graphics? Are they going to redo? And my answer is God, probably not. Do you have any idea how expensive that would be? But yeah, this, uh, I love it. And also it's terrible. And I do love that. Yeah, we're getting this slow building anger on Ren's part. And it will be interesting to see how and why and when that explodes, because that is Chekhov's emotional breakdown there. And it's gonna happen. The only questions are, again, how and when and what sets it off. So again, as terrible as this is, I am 100% here for team not emotionally stable to really have those blow up moments, especially since we are working with Yang, who has worked very, very hard not to rely on her emotional blow up moments to make her better in combat. Like she had that whole ass character arc. So I am absolutely here to see how this goes down especially since it has stopped being a protect the city quest and become a retrieval quest <laughs> literally a fetch quest <laughs> for whom for whom because uh, of the puppy <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you megan thank you about? megan you know what i really appreciate that immensely <laughs> I- I picked up what you were putting down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like that, the that boy. Was... Like like the hound picked up the boy. <laughs> yeah, that was the for whom jokes. Who is fetching whom at this point? With with its mouth? Remember? Like in the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're not picking up what I'm putting down, Mark. <laughs> You're leaving it on the floor. Well I would never. <laughs> I I wanna talk about the pupper and I want to talk about the boy. But before we do that, we need to talk this boy. <laughs> yes. I'm terrible. Uh, before we talk about uh, a dog and his boy, the um <laughs> I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you. And it is one of the best ways to help uh, put our podcast on the map. You know, when you leave ratings and comments, it makes us more searchable for people looking for Rooster Teeth related content. So guys, it really helps us out a bunch. Um, if you do that, and we love giving shout outs to people who who uh, who leave reviews as well. Mark, do we happen to have any new ones this week? We don't have any new ones this week, but I did want to mention uh, at the top, we, we, we know that we have listeners from around the world and the iTunes stores are different. So if you have left a comment in your iTunes store, we may not be able to see it. So make sure to take a screenshot and... Uh, maybe translate it. Uh, if if it is not in English, maybe translate it. But we will we will put in the work if we have to because we want to. If you want to hear us butcher your language, send us a screenshot of your iTunes review and send it to us at the Rooster Team on Twitter. Also, if you've got any of our merchandise, I saw, like recently we've been getting a couple of sales of our Welcome to Vale stuff. I don't know if people have just found that or if they actually know that there is a written series on the internet about it. Um, but if you do. <laughs> 
have some merch we'd love to shut you out we'd love to retweet you we really appreciate it if you didn't know that we had merch you can head over to tpublic.com slash the rooster team and check out some of our stuff you can get them on masks on pillows on shirts on journals uh i was gonna say notebooks but that's kind of reductive because that's the same thing you can get stickers magnets there's a whole bunch of stuff and leading into the holidays there's probably gonna be some christmas sales so if there's something that you want to get one of my favorites is our uh break their legs shirt of a skull and crossbones in nora's design i absolutely love that design uh check it out we have our welcome to veil design we've got uh some stuff some jokes that are uh, uh holdovers from our previous platform but i think are still funny nevertheless um but check it out tpublic.com slash the rooster team and again if you're in an international area and have left us a comment on itunes or or any other streaming service take a picture send it to us at the rooster team thank you and speaking of uh, tweeting at us on social media, guys, there were actually, I want to take a quick second to to give some social media shout outs because after we posted last week's episode, we had uh, a lot of people who were both spreading the word uh, about our show and also just generally speaking, tweeting some great stuff at us. So uh, thank you for quote tweeting the show, high five water slide uh, and uh, the kaito dan thank you guys for for quote tweeting and for spreading the word and thank you so much to neon cat on twitter as well who who tweeted us out in portuguese and that again we it it blows my mind that we have an audience uh that that happens to be extend to internet in like internationally in any way so that that is absolutely incredible thank you so much for that also, thank you to Eddie Revis for, for quote tweeting us and spreading the word, saying that we're his favorite recap podcast. Eddie, you are too nice. That is so sweet. And we also got a couple bits of fan art. Thank you so, so much to Malachroma on Twitter for uh, the absolutely fantastic animated gif of Tyrion using his tail as a helicopter <laughs> to fly through the air. It is a magical, magical thing, and it brought us so much joy. That entire live tweet was beautiful. Thank you for that. And also want to give another quick thank you to Jester's uh, uh, Jester's chessboard on Twitter. Every time. Every single time. I'm absolutely terrible. But no, thank you so much to Jester's Chessboard on Twitter for the wonderful Neo and Emerald fan art. Uh, it, abs- oh, it was so cute and so adorable, and I very much needed it uh, after a long, hard week. So thank you guys so, so much for the wonderful fan art. You guys are wonderful and amazing. So yeah, again, there are lots of ways to engage with us. Yeah, head to Twitter, follow us there, and join our Discord. <laughs> Good stuff. So uh, thank you guys again so, so much for everything that you do. You guys are the best. <clears throat> And if you are at all interested in supporting us and also obtaining nice things for yourselves, we are sponsored by Fred He Bakes. He does, at the moment, amazing, amazing cookies. We've told you about this before, but if you are brand new to the show, welcome and welcome to a Taste Bud experience. 
He does brown sugar buddies, which are like a cross between a spice cookie and a ginger snap and absolutely amazing. They are soft. They are chewy. They are just about the right size to go on top of your mug. If you have a relatively standard size mug and not one of those that's the size of a dinner plate, which I'm not judging, just giving you a relative size for these wonderful cookies. And they are also very good dipped in your hot seasonal drink of choice incredible flavor profile. And if you'd like him to be even more fall flavored, he also does maple brown sugar buddies, which have tested these, can approve, holy cow, dip them in your hot chocolate, love yourself. He is also doing big chip buddies, which are chocolate chips, but they kind of look like if you took a giant muffin and just cut the muffin top off, they're like muffin tops, but chocolate chip cookies. And they are soft and they are huge and they are in Incredible, And he is also currently doing sample boxes. So if you want to try all three of those all at once, you can do that. Everything is fresh, never frozen. They are made in small batches to order. And you cannot find these flavors in stores. You can only find them by heading to fredhebakes.com. So that's three words, fredhebakes. And using coupon code THEROOSTERTEAM for 20% off your entire order. Again, fredhebakes.com. Coupon code the Rooster Team. Life is kind of bug nuts, right? Wow, life is kind of bug nuts right now, you guys. So, um, treat yourself and obtain holiday gifts. You deserve it. Let's talk about the boy. (laughs) All right, I would like to rescue the child. So, are we are we going to go back to Teen Rainbow and uh, after this, or are we ending on the dog? No, we'll go back to Team Rainbow. End with happy. Good choice. Yes. We're going to talk about something happy at the ending, but for now, we're going to talk about Baskerville over here bringing some doom. I think, I I mean, this is some very weird energy, guys, because he, obviously, the boy's safety is first and foremost, but come on, it's, it's not every day Ruby goes full horror movie, and that is always something that should be appreciated. So we gotta name him, because all of our notable Grimm have a name, and I know the credits say that he's named the Hound, and that's fine, but it's no Jim and Randall, so we gotta have a name. So far we've had Ditto and Baskerville, I wanna know what you guys think. Mark, Stacy, do you have any names for this abomination? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have been thinking about it because I expected this question. <laughs> nothing has stuck yet. I think I think something that is uh, sort of a disarming name, like a common do- uh, dog name, like Sparky or um, things like that. But uh, dog? dog or dog. <laughs> dog. Um, Cam. In, My name uh, is Doug, and I love you. <laughs> Um, but I, I also, <laughs> um, Cam Griffin, who is one of our, our mods on our discord and a friend of the show, uh, he, he, he's taken to calling him Ace the Bat Hound, <laughs> much after Ace the Bat Hound from Batman lore. Um, and I, I think, I think Ace, uh, I, I like it. Um, but I like the Hound for how terrifying uh, it is for how terrifying the thing is, uh, or or a pet name out of it like Houndy or Houndster, uh, you, you know, 
I I I don't think it needs an absolutely silly name. Uh but I I like Cam's idea of Ace. I'm also kind of going to lean into Megan going, "Oh, it's a full horror movie and we have a shapeshifter and also dogs. Why don't we just call it Thing?" After Wolfie. The Thing. You know that movie that starts with dogs and ends with an alien shapeshifter? Like What about action? Benicio? What was that, Mark? What about Benicio? <laughs> because he's the Wolfman! <laughs> Academy Award winning the Wolfman. Nah, I kind of like Thing. Like, just the Thing. Benicio Del Grimo. <laughs> uh, we could... Uh, if we if we wanted to make a reference to the thing, because I feel like calling it thing would get very very confusing. Um, we can name it Carpenter or McCrady. Because what um, if what if we get a grim that's just a hand? Then we're kind of bone, <laughs> don't we? You're right. We have that. It's on it Cinder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If if, if that grim ever gets. <laughs> um, and if if it ever gets disattached oh, to Cinder. Oh, oh, oh uh, wait! Sorry. Oh. Going off, yes, of Benicio, going off of Benicio and another role that he had, The Collector. Oh. <laughs> or, almost or, too formal for our crazy bullshit purposes. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> what about just Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because nobody has the holiday spirit right now. <laughs> yeah, you know? they, they took our only source of joy, the child. <laughs> You know, guys, it's very interesting that we're sitting here racking our brains over what to call this thing, when in fact, we could just ask him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Stop. Wait, you know, wait. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Leave. <laughs> you want to tell us your name? No. <laughs> that's it's... a one-word vocabulary, like a two-year-old, and honestly, that's good enough. Well, then I'm calling it no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just or we could every- we could call it Mewtwo because it's giving off wonderful Mewtwo energy. <laughs> oh my god, Mewtwo has a better vocabulary. <laughs> I mean, I kind of honestly he just learned how to speak. Honestly, I kind of like Krampus. Like Krampus that's my favorite great. so far. We got the Krampus <laughs> over here, <laughs> and Rudy. Krampus is returning home with the boy. Maybe it's Rudy. I really oh. like Krampus. <laughs> he's he's coming it, like there it, there's snow everywhere. He's a dark figure. He steals kids. I think <laughs> and he's got, attracted to negative emotions. I think we got Krampus here. I, I think that's a done deal. <laughs> <laughs> I I really love the idea of in the next episode they're like bring him back to us, you monster and <laughs> you terrible thing. And he's like, I have a name, you know. A Gosh, it's words Billy. hurt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's very much, it's, it's the whole, and I will look down and whisper, no. <laughs> See, actually, the, the, that brings up a, a really silly point, but something that I wanted to point home. Uh, if if uh, you, you should demand wonderful uh, uh, attitudes from the, the people that you uh, enjoy Ruby content with, if you see anybody that spoils Ruby content like the day of, the morning of uh, a release... Call them out on it because that stuff needs to change. There was a lot of like 
I I was I'm lucky to be on the East Coast and get it relatively at a decent hour. Instead, like y'all on the West Coast, it comes out at like six, seven in the morning. So you could wake up to tweets full of like, oh, I love when it like, you know, people are usually good about it, but just throwing it out there because there are a couple of people that got dangerously close to uh, like, it, you know, they put an idea in your head. Of like, oh, we're getting something. We're getting something in this episode. So, listeners and and to my fellow hosts, if you see that activity, call it out and let's squash it because we all deserve to enjoy the episodes as they release. I'm gonna go a step further and say no spoiler content until public release. Oh, agreed, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's kind of the rule of thumb. But a lot of people seem to be missing their thumbs and therefore missing that rule. So, fucking stop it. Yeah, it just, it's completely unfair to people who are not able to be first account members for one reason or another and saying, oh, it's the cost of a cup of coffee every month. That's, uh, yeah, guys, finances are a thing right now. So again, you be polite to people who are not able to experience the content at the same time that you are. And if people tweet out their, you know, like I said, the shield tweet was hysterical. It was also a spoiler. It's not a spoiler to say, I liked this episode or I disliked this episode. It's not a spoiler to have an opinion. It's a spoiler to back it up with any evidence. I disliked when they did this. Oh, I loved this thing. Holy shit. The new Grim design is so scary. I loved it when it talked like, don't put everything in drafts. And then when it drops for public, inundate twitter with your joy and screaming but do continue to live tweet this podcast (laughs) yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely that brings me joy we need this joy Uh, yes yes it brings me joy personally and therefore i'll allow it (laughs) please please do also i definitely please please tweet at us uh, your names for the hound <laughs> because um, I feel like we need to your, crowdsource this. Tweet it out your, your alternate names for Krampus. <laughs> yes. Because we're keeping Krampus. <laughs> Krampus can have nicknames. Krampus can have many nicknames. We can call him Ace. We can call him Thing. <laughs> we can call him Benedict or Benicio. <laughs> I was going to say, where did Benedict come from? There is a song from Cannibal the Musical called Let's Build a Snowman. And it's mostly about what they may or may not name the snowman that they are building. (laughs) So that's kind of where I'm at right now. But yeah, tweet us your alternate and or nicknames for Krampus. Tis the season. Um, For pain. As as much as I, I loved, 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 loved this good, good boy. This no, no, actually, no, bad dog, bad dog. (laughs) I have to, guys, I have to fight. I have to fight with myself on this because he took the baby and that's bad. But also he's a horror movie monster and a pupper. How am I supposed to reconcile these, 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 these different things? How am I supposed to do that? It seems Salem was successful in finding her uh, retriever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A black lab. Uh, yeah, um, fun story. And actually, a lovely human on my Patreon pointed this out. So they did it in a spoiler safe zone, which I appreciate because that post is locked. Uh, they pointed out that if you rewatch the episode, 
you can see the hound in the background of these shots stalking Oscar and waiting for his chance. So the fact that you can see him running across the bridges a couple of times as they're going through the city, like, it's some pretty good background stuff. So yeah, Krampus on the prowl. Rewatch the episode and keep an eye out for that. So we spent a lot of time talking about what to name this thing, but we really didn't talk too much about our reaction. Oh God, do we have <laughs> to? to? Him. <laughs> <laughs> I would very much like to because this is this is my jam, my bread and my butter. Uh, Stacy, <laughs> what was your reaction uh, to the Hound in this episode? I think as that scene progressed, I had picked up a pillow and was just kind of clutching it, going, "Oh, oh, I see." <laughs> mounting horror um, <laughs> is this like still dripping primordial like creature manifests before our eyes and just I mean poor Oscar this, this boy who <laughs> is like finally becoming confident in his own skills and is like yeah I can hold my own in a fight and then here comes Krampus everyone's day here comes Krampus Wednesdays at 8 on ABC here comes Krampus dog here comes Krampus dog coming to ruin your day I mean this is this is a whole like elevated level of grim and of fighting that maybe we're not ready for did you say there he has a grim prospects or that the outlook is grim <laughs> no one no one encourage her <laughs> about, I don't I need think... encouragement I am self-sustaining I also think we've done that joke before <laughs> doesn't matter it's been long enough that everything that's old is new again <laughs> fair Mark what was your reaction to this good good bad dog hold on I need to cue something up real quick let me just let me just play this real quick Okay. Anyway, sorry. Unrelated. Uh, that was a chew toy. <laughs> yeah, that was a chew toy. Uh, somebody, somebody actually cut cut together. Um, Oscar being like trampled with a squeaky toy noise, and it was. It, please send it to me. It was very alarming, <laughs> but very funny. Um, Again, quick yeah. tweet about spoilers, but also I need it. So it was it was DM'd, so I was like, okay, this is all right. Um, but okay. yeah, but also still, it it was like Sunday or Monday, so that's still way too early. I know this is a spoiler, but it's funny. Yeah, hang on to it, your damn self. Um, It'll still be funny, I promise you. But in terms, it very scary. Um, my my couple of questions were, um, what is this thing made out of? And I know there are a lot of. <laughs> interesting Bite. theories on on what the the guts of our little crampo boy are uh <laughs> made of but um the i also wonder if this is a unique case if just because this was something that cinder made i'm sorry i always do that something that Woo! salem that say salem hey, made last herself. week i spent like 10 minutes talking about mercury <laughs> when i met emerald so don't we, feel bad look you we launched know who the a apple small is. fleet <laughs> <laughs> um but um it, more questions of what um how unique this creature actually is because this may be terrifying but as 
if they ever make their way onto Monstra, is it is there now going to be eight of them or an entire pack or or what like is is this the new alpha or is the hound considering there is a the uh it could be a misdirect of oh while salem's been waiting up in the whale uh she's been making a bunch of these things here's here's a theory that's even scarier what if all of the 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 tracking that we are seeing from quote the hound wasn't one but a lot of them what if it's a different one in every scene what if it's the pack exactly and what if what if this is yeah krampack um what do you call a group of krampus a collector (laughs) or a collection or something like that december 26th a collective I, th- I think seasons greetings like the the action of collecting i like because because like a, a a a group of flamingos is a flamboyance uh <laughs> so like they they like making pack names something something cute and kitschy with what they do so you so like having it involved with taking children you know like a, a collection the collection plate i don't know something like that <laughs> i still kind of like seasons greetings <laughs> It's not a ship. <laughs> I was gonna say that it does could kinda, be it not does yet. Like a ship name. <laughs> I was gonna say, hang on. The spreadsheet. But wait but for it. There's You've there's something up. else to ask the to ask the people. What is a pack of Krampus? <laughs> Both in terms of the actual Krampus and in terms of Krampus the dog here. But yeah, you've yeah. touched on something uh, really cool, Mark, is the idea that this Grim, the Hound, uh, Krampus, isn't unique. What if this is just one of, uh, you know, because we, we know Salem has the capability of mass producing Grimm. What, yeah, what if this is just one of many? And Katie, what you, you look like you, you keep not letting me answer the prompt. <laughs> You give it to Mark and Stacy, and then you're like, holy shit, that's a good idea, Mark. And you continue on that tangent. And I'm over here like, I too reacted to the dog. <laughs> Mostly just, ah! So, you know, that. But I too had a reaction to the dog. Anyway, I'm still here. Yeah. Um. I, once again, I'm going to go on the record as disagreeing with Mark because I think that's my role in this podcast now. But I think that Salem, for one, we saw her making her flying monkeys, which I loved seeing them show up in the screenshot on the news. Like, there they are. There's our terrible flying monkeys. Hell yeah. Hell gorillas. Um, We saw her constructing her armies while she was still on the Dragon Continent at the Grim Pits. So I don't know if she has the resources to create more Grim while she is aboard Whale of a Tail up there. Um... And I also don't know that she, she doesn't seem to be the type to waste resources. She very much seems to be the type to go, I need exactly one of these, but I'm going to make my one of these to the best of my ability. It's why we have a pack of flying monkeys, because the whole point of them is to fly in and cause damage and mass hysteria. But we only have one whale, because we only need one whale. So honestly, given how many features are on the Hound, and I think, Megan, at one point you compared it to uh, Odachi from Pacific Rim. (laughs) 
the wings. That kaiju that had the wings and the tail and the acid and also the pregnant. Like, that kaiju had everything, including a baby seat. So, given how many features the hound has, I doubt as to whether there's more than one of it. Because if you if it does its job well enough, you don't need more than one. Also, but, I so, really appreciate that we went for full on like bones cracking and screaming creature feature transformations. Like, yes, but yes. so we we saw the basic form of the hound and we saw it evolve. Who's to say that there aren't different? Evo- this is the EV of Grimm. What <laughs> what if different situations? have different versions of the hound a hound for all seasons a krampus for all seasons um because at its core it is an evolving greyhound not greyhound a bloodhound um it is an evolving bloodhound how it evolves could be dependent on uh like it could be dependent on its situation on its surroundings now i'm not i'm not i don't think i i think that for the case of the story having one of these things is I I hate saying the word better, but I like the idea of there being one and this being like a mini boss, but I also don't put it past them to be like, yeah, we got it. And then they open up the door and there's six more of them. Like (laughs) I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking video game, which I shouldn't, which I shouldn't be. Um, But that's, that's all that I'm positing. Um, But I, 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 I love your opinion though. I love your ideas. Oh yeah. Yeah. We just, we have different opinions and different ideas and that's fine. And that's okay. That's the spice of life. The more you know. That's the spicy meatball of life. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like something, if it's just one, it it makes it, there there is terror to be found in a multitude of grim. And we see that with the apathy, we have that on one end, but there's also terror to be found within the single Grimm um, as a, as a singular monster. And we see that with the Nuklevi. Um, So there are, there are multiple ends of the spectrum and they are effective in different ways. And I do tend to agree that it's probably for this one to maintain its effect. It's probably better that it just remains the hound as opposed to being a part of a collective but the idea that something so versatile could in fact be one of many is there there is some terror to that um so yeah it's just a matter of whether or not uh this one is unique in that regard so that'll that'll be interesting to see but i think what's really upsetting about this moment in particular. One, it's just distressing to see the boy in any danger. But two, this came on the heels of of a very introspective moment for Oscar. He and Ozpin are having their conversation that he alluded to in the previous episode. Um, Yeah, where he is having a hard time dealing with the fact that his and Ozpin's soul are going to become one and the same. And the fact of the matter is that he isn't angry at Ozpin for having quote unquote left. He's angry at him for having come back. And so what (laughs) this, this poor boy, (laughs) what did, what did we think of this uh, internal sort of struggle that he's going through? Uh, Mark, let's start with you. I'm going to, I'm going to surrender my time to Katie because Katie hasn't been asked first in a while. Okay. <laughs> I yield my time. Thank you for not ending with I yield my time. Fuck you. Um, I love you, Mark. 
I re- it really took a lot just for the <laughs> meme, like just for the meme. But I, no, I respect y'all too much. I, I appreciate that. And I would have also appreciated the meme because <laughs> that originated out here and we stand a king. Um, I actually really like the, the point in this conversation that I really appreciated was I don't want that. Well, neither do I reinforcing this idea that we only just got a couple of seasons ago that Ozpin is being yanked around by this as much as everyone else is. He he kind of accepted the job under false pretenses and had really no say in how this whole immortality thing would go down. He did not ask for any of this and he has been stuck with it for eons so as much as we sit here and go god i wish this weren't the case man i really like oscar man osbin has really fucked up you also do kind of need to step back and look at that conversation that he had with the god of light again and go nah he just wanted to rest he accepted the job because the love of his life was still on the mortal plane and didn't really get the briefing about what it would all entail like he never wanted to be a reincarnating soul chimera he didn't ask for this shit so as much as i'm very much with oscar here and going no oz didn't handle this oz is not doing too well here i also have some sympathy for ozpin because life sucks immortality sucks All of it. Fighting your ex sucks. (laughs) All of this sucks a lot. And I want to say that nobody understands that more than unfortunately reincarnating immortal Ozpin like this poor dumb bastard. So I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate that we get a look at where both characters are. And I appreciate that we reinforce the, oh yeah, no, nobody liked that. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Mark, would you like to use the remaining time? Uh, fuck you. I yield my... No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> came back to it. Um, no. I, I, no, I, I agree. My, my favorite part of the scene was Oz going, no, yeah, you're right. This absolutely sucks. Um, what I don't appreciate is how, oh, Oz is back. What did he do to help our son? Nothing. <laughs> um he he talked about how oscar is is probably is starting to get his magic and the last of his hidden memories so who knows what else could or will come to light but um i i it shows how not in again this whole these whole like two episodes show how not in sync even the kid that has another soul in his body is not in sync with that soul we are we are the backstreet boys we are not in sync (laughs) and we are in the middle of the backstreet boys reunion tour you know what it just keeps trucking on (laughs) for everybody yeah Anyway, (laughs) what was your take on this scene? I think it's so easy for us, yeah, to kind of look at Oscar with sympathy and with pity and being like, wow, you did not ask for this. You do not deserve this. It's a lot harder to look at Ozpin as also a victim or at least an 
unwilling participant or maybe not fully on board <laughs> with what he was <laughs> signing up for. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call him a victim of this of his circumstances. He's he's, he's put himself, not having a good time either. <laughs> he's not. He is not. And to to kind of hear them hit that same chord of yeah, well, if if things were perfect, this is not how it would be for me either. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they approach it differently because I think Oscar still definitely has that there's a way out. There's a way to separate ourselves. I can be myself. And then there's Oz who's like, look, no, no, dude. I know how this goes. <laughs> About that. I've played this game before. So yeah, just sort of watch that discordant kind of pair of opinions clash is going to be an interesting internal struggle for Oscar and Oz. Yeah, it's always hard when we see our boys struggling. But yeah, I mean, it it's a it was a nice reminder. Um, given you know, Ozpin was gone basically all of the previous season, and he was gone for a good portion of Volume Six. So it was a nice refresher um, to sort of sort of get reintroduced to this character and be like, yeah, no, this is sort of the state of the world, but like. It, it like it's inevitable and so it it'll be interesting seeing how them not really being in sync with one another how that ultimately is going to affect things when they come face to face with Salem because that is where our boy is heading oh no um so that'll be that'll be interesting as the season unfolds uh, do we have any other thoughts on Oscar and the the bad, bad, good popper um, before <laughs> before we move on to the final segment of our show where we talk about Team Rainbow? It's terrible. I love it. <laughs> good, bad popper. The best worst boy. The best worst boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and talk about Team Rainbow then. Uh, they are hanging out with May Marigold, and they are on their way to the Snowshoe Shipping Company, where we are going full Futurama to get to where we're going. Guys, we are going to be traveling by pneumatic too. <laughs> it is the future. <laughs> oh, man. If you got the opportunity to travel by pneumatic tube to anywhere with a guarantee that it would not kill you would you would you take this opportunity as long as nora wasn't in charge of pressing the button <laughs> good yes if the guarantee is not kill or injure yes it's the it's the landing i worry about if there was an additional like covering like like a pill or some sort of gimmick uh yes but if if my body's gonna be bouncing around in those tubes i know you said no hurt or injure but there's gonna be some scrapes and bruises <laughs> a little bit of rug burn it's fine oh god oh, the worst just a little skin you got extra they'll grow back let's, oh, let's be honest as cool as pneumatic tubes are they probably are not <laughs> best option as any sort of given mode of transportation it's, it's gonna be the anime thing where they all land and they like dust off and go that could have been worse and like one of them is just totally wrecked 
I think that one happens to be white. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, she was kind of folded in half when she got pulled in. That was uh, that, that was a, a moment, ride. y'all. I loved it. I cackled, but also just like, oh, oh, buddy. It was a moment where um, I, I, I'm very much reminded of uh, the the director commentary for uh, season six of Red versus Blue, and I know that's a different show, but um, because that that season was so serious in tone, one of the things they they um, aimed at when they were making it was when they did throw in jokes here and there, the jokes hit that much harder because the rest of the season was so serious. And that's sort of what this pneumatic tube moment was for, for Ruby. Like these two episodes have been super serious and to have just a moment of cartoonish glee was just an absolute delight. Just the glimpse of Happy Nora was such like a, oh God, maybe there is some joy to be had. (laughs) See, we should all take after Nora and we should find joy in the small things. And we should also take after Nora and smash the patriarchy. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Uh, Indeed. The, um, I I do want to touch on there, there, there is a moment here um, where, you know, we, we touched on uh, Yang kind of taking offense to the idea that like, hey, maybe uh, you guys wouldn't be able to accomplish your goal without all your teammates. And as, as Mark pointed out, Nora has a very similar reaction when May Marigold mentions like, hey, uh, you know, your, your, your friends are helping out um, my friends like in my stead. So it's all going to be good. And Nora has a very similar, like very hurt reaction to the, to the notion that they've all split up to try to accomplish these different tasks. And she's not the only one kind of having a rough time of, of it. Ruby has a moment where like the moment that Yang disagreed with her in the previous episode still seems to be weighing on her. Um, but that's not really what Penny is too worried about. She's extremely hurt at the idea that people of Mantle, you know, the people she she has been assigned to protect that people could potentially die because of a choice that she's made. And it's, it's hard when friends fight. It's even harder when those friends run the military and are actively trying to murder you. And so this has put Penny in a really rough spot. What did we think of this moment where, where Penny and Ruby are having this heart to heart? Let's go ahead and start with Stacy. First of all, I want to, point out um, and just take a moment to appreciate both the animation and the voice acting in this little exchange which was absolutely phenomenal and carried such an emotional weight to it Uh, I think that watching Penny kind of work through yeah she's upset about her friends she has also had this immense power just kind of thrust upon her something she did not choose something she did not want and something that she kind of indicates that she doesn't feel like it was the choice she should have made. And so to see Ruby kind of step back into supporting her and bringing that cohesion together uh, was a very sweet moment. And I think uh, Penny needed a little reassurance. Yeah, it was, 
nice button on that scene that felt like a warm blanket. It's like it's very cold and dark outside and just this is a nice moment between two friends. And Katie, what did you think of it? I absolutely agree with you on the voice acting. Just, oh my God, yes. And there was a moment or two in there where I was listening to it going, oh, this isn't Ruby. This is protective mom Lindsay coming out. <laughs> like you could hear that in there and just like, yeah, you know, I don't mind that little peek behind the veil when it happens. I think it honestly makes things better. Uh, I wish to continue to throw, or I continue to wish to throw Ironwood out a window for blaming people for his decisions. Like, yes, it's all a cascading mess, but when you have that much authority, you need to make better decisions. And again, we, we go back to sympathy for people who are in incredibly bad situations for reasons that aren't entirely their fault. But I also continue with, maybe don't turn on your allies and murder people. Like, holy shit. So this being the fallout from that and Penny attempting to deal with it because we don't know, I honestly don't know how long she's been around, how long ago she was initially created. I don't think she has all that much life experience. And so getting thrown into the deep end like this Thank God for Ruby being there to be a life preserver because girl needs it. All right. So list of Ironwood's crimes. He shot the baby. He hurt Penny's feelings. Yeah. We're going to have to put him away for life. It's <laughs> yeah, just, that's enough. I, th I thought you were going to say, we're going to have to put him down. <laughs> Would she have been wrong? No, <laughs> not at all. The hound is Krampus and Ironwood is old yeller. <laughs> With only. Hey, we're, we're not talking about marrow in this episode. Oh, wait. Nope. That was oh, a joke. That Ooh, needs to... Hey, do Ooh. me a favor. Check yourself. <laughs> that's self-destructive behavior. <laughs> no. I do need to see how marrow reacts to all this, because I think he's a bit of a wild card in that he's our rookie, and I don't think as accustomed to uh, shit going down. So that'll be interesting, but... Yeah. No. Mero's a good boy. And yeah, I hope the Aesops come around, but we'll we'll see. And in the meantime, Mark, uh, what did you think of this moment between Penny and Ruby? So the the whole scene is interesting to me. I, I agree with, with y'all. Um we kind of said it as a joke and it's been becoming more and more true last season, where despite being uh, a robot, Penny is the most human of everybody. And one, th what this scene highlights is something that I've been saying along this episode of all of our main human characters, or at least, uh, main human characters, are not in sync with each other whatsoever. Like, Pe I don't think Ruby was a good friend in thinking that Penny was talking about her problem as opposed to Penny's problem. And uh, that shows how how much it's affecting Ruby. And it's not necessarily her fault, it, but, it, but it shows how much it's weighing down on her and the sort of the realization that she has of Penny having accepting all of this responsibility onto her shoulders. And I think we're seeing um, a dichotomy. We're seeing, we're, we're going to be seeing a spectrum here. We have our two main teams in the center figuring out what it means to either uh, agree or disagree with your team leader. And I think that it's being shown in the B story with, I say the B story, but it's being shown to the background with the happy huntresses because we've seen with Fiona, with May, with everybody that they 
implicitly trust Robin with they they knew what the plan was. They're sticking with the plan and they're going to trust it happily because they're all on the same page. They're all doing different stuff to help achieve that goal, but they have unabashed trust in their team leader. And then we flip the script. We go to the Aesops where they just saw their leader murder another member of the council and they're expected to fall in line possibly in fear of being shot next. So our team is right there in the middle trying to figure out what, how to operate as a team. And I think Penny is going to be the linchpin in that operation. And folks that we haven't heard from too much this season so far, and I would really like to, uh, and I think we will definitely have won, Weiss and Blake. We haven't really heard or seen anything they've been around and help perpetuate the story but there's still a lot of stuff going on the fact that yang and blake are on a different team the fact that weiss is dealing with all of the is freshly dealing with all of the stuff from her family and and like we mentioned in the intro she'll probably have to deal with it but penny is going to be the linchpin in making sure that all of the all of the chess pieces fall properly on the board I think that's a fair assessment. And when the Schnee Empire crumbles, I want Weiss to open up a detective agency because she really <laughs> got to the bottom of that mystery last season. I feel like she's really onto something. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah, no, there's there was a lot in 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 this episode. There was a lot to dig into, and I think that there's there's definitely going to be a lot to. It's so funny. This episode was only 13 minutes long and we've been talking about it for an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, it, it just goes to show, I think, how dense this show is and how, how, oh man, how how anxious we are <laughs> to see how things go from bad to worse. Uh, but on that note, I think, I think we've touched on just about everything um, in this episode, is there anything else we want to talk about before we go ahead and wrap it up for the evening? May, May, <laughs> and her semblance, my queen. May is fantastic. Oh my god! <laughs> and Caden out here killing it. Yeah, can we we just take a moment to appreciate all of the happy huntresses because we've gotten we got snippets of them quite a bit last season, uh, but our main focus was on Robin. This episode, I feel like, is the first time we've really gotten any like like any real meaningful time with them. May is fantastic. Fiona's fantastic. Joanna's fantastic. They are all wonderful. <laughs> And it was so fun to really get to know them in this episode. Uh, Stacy, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think I think I need to formally retract any mean or mistrustful thoughts I ever had about Fiona last volume <laughs> because she is pure and joyful and a delight. Just the sweetest of cinnamon rolls <laughs> with hammer space. Ah. Oh. Yeah, no. So, a uh, nice little detail too. The the uh, Mr. Mole from the previous episode um, is her uncle, and <laughs> it's just a really cute little detail. And voiced by Gus Sarola, which is very yes. appropriate. Yes. <laughs> 
And I, I honestly, I know she called him uncle this episode, but I was like, oh, you know, it's it's a it's a term of endearment or it's a term of respect. No, literally her uncle. <laughs> Didn't realize that till I checked the credits. It's like, okay, I interpreted that incorrectly. Oh. How about you, Mark? Any final thoughts on this episode? I just wanted to shout out our Discord community. If you're listening and you want to discuss um, first releases or just overall theories or even like non non rooster teeth properties like video games we've got an awesome meme uh collection there's a, the critical role talk is pretty active but um i wanted to shout out uh blazing star 24 who in who recently reread the original pinocchio story and had an amazing theory uh that um penny isn't going at like with inspiration from the original Pinocchio uh, story, Penny isn't going to be hacked. Penny is going to turn herself over on purpose because she thinks it's going to help. And evidence being in the first episode, she was like, why don't I just go to Salem so that she won't attack Atlas? And because in the, in the Pinocchio story, Pinocchio gets tricked into going into the mines in Toyland and then gets turned into a jackass. Um, so instead of turning Penny into a donkey, they're going to lose her autonomy or she's going to lose her autonomy and then get get tricked into getting hacked after giving herself over. And and that's it's a it's not a super long post, but it's a great theory from Blazing Star 24. And we have theories like that being spouted in our, our chat every single day. So come and join us on Discord. If I could throw in on the theories from fans bit. We actually got this one on our YouTube channel from episode one because we do uh, public releases on YouTube. But Sean Ravenfire commented, I noticed something about the opening. When Cinder was walking, everyone was frozen except Emerald. And when someone uses the lamp to summon Jin, everything becomes frozen except the person asking the question. And Emerald is based on Aladdin. What if this is foreshadowing that Emerald is going to ask Jin to tell her about Cinder's backstory? And this is the thing that finally pushes her to switch sides. Hmm. It's an interesting theory. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that we've got several pieces and we've clicked them together and we'll see if they stick. Like, I am intrigued by this, especially since the lamp is actively in play again. I think theory talk is just one of my favorite things in general uh, uh, about getting to talk about this show. <laughs> um, the the really cool stuff that people come up with, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. But do uh, we have a theory room in our mansion, or is that just kind of the conspiracy corner? Well, we've got we've got the prediction patio. Um, that's true, but that's not quite it either. Well, we'll figure mm. it out. <laughs> yeah, I do like conspiracy corner though. It's nice and cozy over here. Yes. I mean, that seems to be the most alarming place to go. I think you have to you have <laughs> yes. to build to there. Yeah. So if we just have like a. The theory thoroughfare or I don't know something <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like before any serious theory talk we have to hang out at the bar uh, which <laughs> can, can I can I pitch something can we call the bar the sidebar yeah <laughs> absolutely god damn it <laughs> <laughs> all right I'll take that as a yes yeah. <laughs> no matter how you look at it it looks like the side 
<laughs> it's a trick of and the it's eye. where we can go to have sidebars <laughs> it exists in like a five dimensional space it's fine Again, the geometry here does not make sense in any capacity. It's very Escher, but in like a comforting way, not a House of Leaves way. (laughs) It's a very cozy, it's a very cozy place. But anyway, (laughs) uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Thank you guys, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, We love... We love you guys. You guys are the best. And this podcast wouldn't be nearly as much fun without all you guys listening and giving us your input. You you are all wonderful. Thank you so, so much for listening. Um, Mark, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Mark Bidonica. Um I stream podcasts and gameplay over on Twitch. Um, I recently started playing Miles Morales over there, and it's wonderful so far. It's really hard not to just play in the Spider-Verse costume, and I'm going to try, but I make no promises. Um, I also make a podcast with my wife every week called the Party of Two podcast, where we talk about uh, all of the, the variety of theme parks around the world. We promise it's not just about Disney. We try to even out as much about like Cedar Fair, Knott's, Universal, and we really want to go to Dollywood. That's a that's like a, a hope. Um, but check that out over at Party of Two Pod on Twitter, Party of Two Pod. We also stream that on twitch.tv slash markbedonica. And um, there might there like there might be something fun down the line that kind of that kind of it, it crosses the lines with this show but i i have no idea right now it's it we're just we're having fun okay let's just continue <laughs> to have fun together <laughs> well said stacy i'm stacy shuttles you can find me on twitter and instagram at stacy shuttles uh i'm always reading everyone's theories over on the discord so you can come talk ruby and uh anything else over there uh i think my life right now is basically bug snacks Ooh, nice i'm gonna get into that soon too you know what we're there it's fun (laughs) let's talk about it i have no idea what you're referring to but i'm I'm glad it's making you you happy you don't know about bug snacks oh megan oh my god yeah yes Watch out Just watch some you. of the trailers. Bug snacks. I'm going to pop it into in our Discord. Just <laughs> okay. to oh, yeah. Oh, okay. excellent. Please educate me. Uh, Katie, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxe. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Ruby and other Rooster Teeth properties and movie trailers and Overwatch shorts and all sorts of other things, they live on that YouTube channel. I am also on a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast, and it's currently kind of on hiatus because the season is too, but we might have to come back and do an episode about how Dallas seems to have reassembled Element Mystic. Oh my God. So yeah, that's a good time. And I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I do a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. <laughs> we talk about it. Uh, again, be sure to follow the whole team on social media at The Rooster Team. Join our Discord. Go to iTunes. Rate, leave a comment. Again, we love hearing from you. Go to Fred's VS <laughs> and support us there too. Support our, t- uh, go and buy merch from our T Public, all that fun stuff. Again, you guys are wonderful and we love you. And we have got one more announcement before we close it out.
as always, we end with the important things. Wear a mask. I don't care if you're just going out to check the mail or walk the dog or put the laundry in or whatever it is you need to do. Anytime you walk outside of your humble abode, wear a mask. Support your essential workers. Support your protesters. Black Lives Matter. Black LGBTQIA Lives Matter. Black Trans Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Full stop. Support the post office. Be patient with the post office because it's holiday season and they're about to be super inundated. So if you're going to shop, shop local, shop early, support the post office and, you know, be patient with them. Thank you for voting. Thank you so much for voting. If you're in Georgia, we're going to need you to vote again. So please, please come out for that. But thank you for voting. Keep wearing a mask. Stay safe. Take care of each other because that's the only way we're going to get through this is if we take care of each other. And we love you. Thank you all again so, so much for listening. This has been Ruby Redux, and now it's time to say goodbye. <laughs>